Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Lave and Wilson near side. Second down, about nine there on 32. And State, back goes Fields. Pressure, hit it, down he goes. Back at the 23-yard line, Antonio Shelton. Clifford on second and nine. Takes it, back, delivers over the middle. He's got Dotson, touchdown, Penn State. And the Nittany Lions open the second half with a brilliantly executed 75-yard drive. Okay, Dotson is doing a good job on Banks. Banks, number seven, has covered him on this entire series in a right corner position. And he ends up making the play, breaking it off inside right at the goal line for the touchdown. Back to pass, delivers near side for Dotson, reaches up, juggles, got it inside the 25, and down to the 20, a spectacular catch by Jahan Dotson. DeAndre Lambert-Smith, Washington far side. Dotson near side. Wing right, Fryer move. Back goes Clifford. Clifford delivers near side for Dotson. Reaches on one hand, got it. And a touchdown oh, for Penn State. A spectacular one-handed catch at the five-yard line. And Dotson gets into the end zone. Clifford takes it. Hit. Over the middle. He's got Parker Washington, 40. Steps away, 45. Near side, 50. He is to the 45 of Ohio State and knocked out of bounds at the 44-yard line. Dotson far side, trips near side, Clifford back, steps away from pressure, delivers, Dotson at the five, dives to the end zone, he's got a touchdown, Penn State, well delivered by Sean Clifford, and Dotson makes another outstanding play. Back to pass, this time with a lot of time, rolls near side, Andre Lambert-Smith in the field of play makes the catch at the 45, and that will do it. Ohio State looks the part of the third-ranked team in the country as they come into Happy Valley, build a 14-0 lead early, and they make it stand up, winning 38-25 over the Nittany Lions in this one. And there you have it, a, another tough one for the Penn State Indy Lions as they fall 30-25 to to Ohio State in Happy Valley, the home opener, and Penn State 0-2 for the first time since 2012. Steve Jones, Jack Cam, of course, with the call. And Steve will join us soon. A happy Monday to you, despite the Penn State loss. Matt Catrillo here with you on the Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK in the producer chair. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. And today's show also brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Home, auto, life, business, whatever insurance help you need. The Purdy's, great people. Love them. Go, go, check, go check them out. Market Street in Sunbury or purdyinsurance.com 
So Penn State 0-2 for the first time since 2012. And as a lot of people had kind of mentioned, this was the reality that Penn State was staring uh, right in the face, and here it is now, Steve. Well, I tell you, that Eagles party you had last night was just spectacular. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's really call it that. Just spectacular. Uh, because I, I sat there, and of course, you know, you're throwing stuff at the TV. <laughs> All right, little Luke, Daddy, what's wrong, Daddy? <laughs> Holy mackerel. That was probably, I, I didn't think. <laughs> You can get any worse than that Thursday night game against the Giants, but that was a new low, and that was 50 times worse than what you probably had to watch with the Penn State game. Okay. <laughs> that was just painful to watch last night, as it was on Saturday night, too. Okay, so... Um... The uh, the Penn State game. I want to actually start where in the trenches because I thought in the trenches, uh, I thought Ohio State was outstanding. They have been susceptible. Let's start with the defensive front. They have been susceptible to the quarterback draw in the last couple of years. Remember. Trace McSorley ran for one what one seventy five against them in twenty oh what in twenty eighteen he ran for one seventy five against them okay well Adrian Martinez of Nebraska did essentially the same thing in the opener the week before so I completely understand why um, Uh, you want to go and do that because that is something they've been susceptible to. So what did Ohio State do to correct it? First of all, they began they, they were run blitzing Tough Borland a lot, the middle linebacker. He did a fabulous job. And I thought that the um, the ends in particular now Tommy Togiai in the middle had a fabulous game. He really did. Uh, outstanding. But I thought their ends kept crashing down and squeezing the pocket. Sean Clifford was under pressure 40% of the time on his pass attempts Saturday. And that was in big in part due to Cooper, who's really improved at that end spot. Cooper played great. Harrison was terrific. Tyreek Smith was really good. And then in the middle, Togiai, it's the best game I've ever seen him play. He was really good. I thought the linebackers, especially Borland, Borland had a really good game for Ohio State. And you can't establish a running game. Penn State had 28 first down plays. 14 of them were runs and 14 were passes. On the 14 runs, Penn State had 34 yards. But keep in mind that one of them was a 23-yard run by Devin Ford. You take that run then out of the mix, that means you have 13 running plays on first down, garnering 11 yards, less than one yard per play. That means you're playing behind the chains almost all the time. 
Now let's take Ohio State. Now, I don't know what Ohio State's number was on first down. I don't know that. But I do know this. Ohio State was 10 of 18 on third down. It is easier to attain 10 of 18 on third down when you are 7 for 7 on third and less than four, which means that on first down and on second down, how many times did I say during the broadcast on Saturday night, Ohio State has it third and one or Ohio State has it third and two? Your odds of converting on third and one and third and two are exponentially higher, and it's made by the work that you did on first and second down to get there. Penn State struggled early with the Ohio State running game. Then, to be honest with you, I thought they got it under control after the first two drives. Master Teague is a very good running back. He is not a next-level NFL. He's going to be, you know, he's not Dobbins. But he ran for 110, one off his career high. A lot of that was early on. Which then brings us to the next part. The next part is Ohio State protecting fields. I mentioned how Clifford was under duress 40% of the time when he threw the ball. Fields was under duress, I think, five to eight times the entire night. Now, Shelton got a sack. Brandon Smith had a sack. So he had clean pockets and, for the most part, a clean uniform to operate. But when he did throw the ball, he threw some beauties. I'm going to pick out three passes in the game where I sat back and went, wow. One was the first touchdown pass to Chris Olave. Now, as I'm sitting in the press box, and it's the same angle you have on TV with the camera, it would be the northeast corner of the of the end zone. Far side, far corner. Joey Porter Jr. has good coverage on the play. He has really good coverage. No issue there on the coverage part. And he put that ball in the only spot it could be completed. Olave got one foot down, clearly, and touchdown. You're like, wow, what a throw. Great concentration on the catch. Wow. The next one, the next one is the second touchdown to Olave. Porter goes out of the game. He was hurt, so he's in the tent. So Penn State has to switch a corner. Ohio State, to its credit, sees it, and they attack it right away. Olave gets, I think, one to maybe two steps, gets two steps past the corner. Fields throws a beautiful ball, but maybe just a little bit further than he wants, just a little bit. And Olave reaches out, grabs that, and just tumbles in the end zone for a touchdown. Nearly perfect placement of the ball. Fabulous catch. Touchdown. But that's not the most impressive throw I thought he made. The most impressive throw I thought he made was they're going, I, want, I think it was the fourth quarter. And it was, I think it was the third down play. He goes back, and Shaka Tony gets pressure on him. I mean, he gets pressure on him. And... It's from, uh, and Fields, I would say Shaka is within two, three inches of hitting him, and he lets go of the ball on an out to Garrett Wilson. 
that was so perfectly thrown. And he is just one heck of a quarterback. Now, Sean Clifford, on the other hand, Sean Clifford threw for 251 yards and three touchdowns in the second half. My issue with Sean is quite simple. It's the number of times he's getting hit. They need to, to they need him to, to stay upright. Because he is going to be an important and obviously your starting quarterback is always going to be an important facet going forward. So you need to keep him upright. So he can't take as many hits. I mean, it still has to be a part of what you're doing with the running game, but Penn State's going to need other people to get going in the running game. So, And then the final part of this, how often have you heard me talk about playing with the lead? Penn State does not play with the lead very very often during the course of this season. They'll be, you know, they were up early on Indiana, then fell behind 17-7, had to fight back, fight back, finally did, then eventually lost in overtime. You know how the story goes. This time they were behind from the get-go. Do you realize that when Penn State got the ball on their opening series, start with this, Penn State wins the toss and defers. I'm all for that. As I said on the broadcast, great. Let's see the Penn State defense in the field first. Three plays later, including a 62-yard jet sweep, it's 7-0. Like, yay. When Penn State got the ball on their first possession, do you realize that is the only possession in the game where Penn State had a chance to tie or take the lead. That's the only one. They turned it over on downs at the 45-yard line. Ohio State scored its 14-0. Now they're down two scores. Penn State gets a field goal, still down two scores. Ohio State scores another touchdown, 21-3, still now down three scores. They get the break at the end of the half. Now they're down two scores. They open the second half brilliantly. So, you know They had three 75-yard drives in the second half. If you were to tell me before the game that Penn State is going to get three 75-yard touchdown drives in the second half at Ohio State, I'm like, hey, this is pretty good. I'm liking this. It's before the game. But the way it played out, they get the touchdown. Now they're with an eight. So now they're a score away from time. Just have to get the ball back. Didn't until a kickoff, because Ohio State scored another touchdown, you're back down two scores again. Penn State never had the ball. The last time Penn State had the ball with a chance to tie or take the lead was their opening possession of the game. Ohio State made them play uphill all night. Really good teams do that. Really good teams do that. Ohio State obviously is really good. Moving forward, go out there, you're going to be facing a team that feels good about itself. Talia Tunga-Viola led, their, uh, led Maryland to a an odd but great win on Friday night. They scored 21 points out of the gate in the first quarter, didn't score in the second, didn't score in the third, then came back and tied the game in the fourth quarter. Huh? Weird. Then in overtime, one at missed extra point. Got it done. He threw for 394. Jake Funk ran for 221. I'm watching. I watched the game live, but I'm watching the tape again today. They pitch it to the edge. There's nobody there. I mean, like nobody there. 
there are no blockers there, and there are no defenders there. And he doesn't get hit till he's like seven or eight yards downfield. Thinking, what the heck? Then I watched Michigan play Michigan State Saturday, and that's when I came to some conclusions about the Minnesota defense. <laughs> okay, like holy mackerel! But Penn State has got to get to the lead. Do not make this team feel good. Get to the lead. Make them play from behind. Okay, play loose. Have some fun with it. Relax. Be precise, but relax. Ring the bell, go to the locker room, celebrate. Feel good about what you just did. Play with, you know, play with some fun in you, some joy. All right, we'll take a break. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street, and somebody go to purdyinsurance.com. What a party at Matt's last night. He looked like a food fight broke out at one point, and that's when Wentz threw an interception. I was like, oh, a food fight? No, Matt's just mad. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. News at the bottom of the hour. (laughs) Ah, yes. Anything big tomorrow? Anything going on? <laughs> what? I'm just asking. I, I, I don't know. I can't really think of much. Some some election or something? I'm going out early tomorrow. Ay, ay, ay. Well, as the suit always says in Ward 4, vote early and often. I don't know what that means. I usually just vote once. That's what I did. I mean, like the suit acts like where he is is like Cook County, Illinois. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at... Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto Home Life Business. Ah, yes. They'll take care of your insurance needs and make sure they save you money in the process. All at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And, of course, we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. It is always, I'm always pleased to be joined by someone immense respect for, personally, professionally, opinion-wise, that is Rich Scarcella, Reading Eagle. Rich, how are you? I hope you're well. I, I am well. How are you, Steve? Doing well. Doing just fine. Yep. Good, good. Um, first thing I thought of in watching the game, I know it's easy to look at the performance of Justin Fields and go, wow, and we'll get to that in a moment. I just thought up front on both sides of the ball. That's why I'm looking at where Ohio State I thought was really good. Your opinion? Does your opinion match up with that, or do you see it differently? No, I, I completely agree. I thought, and, um, you know, James Franklin said three days before the game, kind of hinted that that's where the game would be won and lost, or lost, and he was right. And I think... Uh, I think Ohio State dominated on both sides of the ball, and 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 while there were good things, um, Penn State managed to to have some good things like Jahan Dotson. I think the yeah. most disconcerting thing was the was how 
different the disparity between the linemen for Ohio State and the linemen for Penn State. I mean, um, as I wrote today, I think Penn State has the talent to win the rest of its games. I they they may very well be the second best team in the Big Ten, but they're just not there with Ohio State right now. I felt in watching the game, but Togiai was really good in the middle. Mm-hmm. But I can't, I felt hey, Togiai I thought was outstanding. I must have mentioned his name several times the other night. But I also felt like their ends kept crashing in. I mean, like crashing in where it just squeezed Sean Clifford. He was under duress 40% of the time when he dropped back on Saturday night. It's tough to operate there, Rich. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... You know the the fans, of course. You know, and we because we we get it. You know, the guy, the guys, the folks who cover the team. Um, you know, oh, Sean Clifford, this, this, and you know, but you know, and obviously with Fields being Fields, um, you know, it's not really fair to compare Sean. Um, Sh- Sean was under duress all night, all night, and and I agree with James Franklin after the game when he said you know, how tough the kid is, and he did. He showed me a lot of toughness. Um, I I really thought, I, I, I didn't think he played poorly. I didn't. Um, you know, the interception at the end of the game, I, I mean, he's trying to make a play. It's three minutes sure, left. Yeah. I, I have no problem with that. Um, but, yeah, I, I just thought he, I mean, you look at Justin Fields attempted 34 passes, Sean Clifford 30 passes, I don't know how many dropbacks there were, but I would guarantee you on at least half of Justin Fields' 34 attempts, he had all day. Sean Clifford, I couldn't count. I don't even know if it was it's on one or more than one hand, or I could I could count on one hand how many times he actually had time. And I thought it was wise that Penn State went to a um, you know quicker passing game. I they probably should have done that from at the beginning. I don't know if it would have made a difference, but it would have improved their chances. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I was. Uh, I, I'm not going to criticize Sean Clifford from Saturday night. Two fifty-one uh, passing and three touchdowns in the second half alone. Yeah. The key for me, though, is that he has taken his fair share of hits so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's it's critical for success moving forward that he stays upright. I mean, he needs to have a, a cleaner game in terms of getting hit. Yes. I I mean, I think he hinted at it that it was part of the game plan. They thought the quarterback run would be there. Um, I just don't like seeing him carry the ball 17 times, especially against a physical defense like that. Uh, you have six more games, to, well, seven more games to play, at least, maybe eight. Um, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 I agree with you, Steve. I, I, I think it's best that he not carry the ball 17 times a game I, for his health. And right. that's no knock on Will Levis. I just think, uh, I, I just think if you want to keep him Upright and keep him playing. Um, he doesn't need to carry the ball that frequently. They also had to play. And look to me, playing with the lead or playing without the lead is mm. psychological. The only time Penn State had the ball in the game with a chance to tie or take the lead was actually their first possession. I mean, and I think you know that tells you something about the dynamics of the game. Penn State was constantly 
two scores down. When they finally got it to one score after the opening drive of the second half, the 75-yard drive to make it 21-13, to okay, you need to stop there so you can get a chance to maybe tie the game. Instead, Ohio State scored, and you're back down by two scores again. They were always playing the proverbial uphill game, and I think that's a tough way to play. They have not played with the lead very much so far in the first two games. That is also true, and if you remember, I, I was going to mention that. It was 21-13, Penn State had scored the last 10, the previous 10 points, and they needed a stop, and they didn't get it, and then Justin Fields threw an NFL-type pass to Chris Olave, <laughs> who made an NFL-type catch. Yep. Penn State was, had excellent coverage, and, it, and then it was, I mean, it wasn't over-over, but that was Penn State's chance. If they could get a stop there, okay, well maybe they could generate something. But you're right, Steve. They're playing let, – let's just focus on the Ohio State game. But I, I do agree with you that they've been playing uphill in these two games a lot. But for against Ohio State, it's sort of like the whole series – you know, I, I didn't even – I knew about the last seven, eight years. Uh, and I look back, Ohio State's won 14 of the last 18 meetings. I know. And, and – it's sort. It's you know. It wasn't always that way, and while I think a lot of these games recently have been close, um, it's still Penn State is still chasing Ohio State, and at least Saturday night it looked like the gap has widened since the last two three years, and you know that that's just not on the field. I mean they. They have to. I mean, Ohio State we know is a monster in recruiting, and Penn State has done a better job. They're not having a terrific year this current cycle, but they've already they're off to a very very good start in the 22 cycle. But still, it's it's just like kind of like the story of the last 18 years is like you might be able to Penn State might be able to beat Ohio State every now and then, but it's 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 a chase. It, I mean, a Penn State is chasing Ohio State. So is everybody else. Yes, yeah, that, exactly. And I said it. Same thing. The same thing is happening in the SEC with Alabama. Same thing is happening in the ACC with Clemson. Maybe you can make the same argument with Oklahoma in the Big Twelve. But my point is, you might be able to beat them every now and then, but they're the lead dog, and you know it's going to take some some doing, whether that's Penn State or somebody else, um, to be to get on the top consistently. Uh, Ohio State in the game. Mm-hmm. And, and the hidden stat number. Jack Ham said to me at one point in the fourth quarter, I said, it's third down and one or two, whatever it was. It was probably third and one. And he said, how many times have you said that tonight? Well, I went back and looked at it. Seven times I said it. They were wow. seven for seven on third and less than four. Seven for seven, third and less than four. Now, third and five plus, they were three of 11. Well, that's less than 30%. You can get away with it in a game like that. And Penn State was, what, four of eight on third, five-plus. But Penn State only had one play of third and less than four in the game. One. That's incredible. I didn't realize that. I, I mean, I, and, I suspected yeah. it was one-sided, but I didn't realize it was that one-sided. It was the job Ohio State did on first and second down. Yeah. They kept putting them in very favorable third down and shorts. Or obviously the odds of making it are far greater than third and five plus. I mean, that's the kind of control I felt they had offensively because they kept putting themselves in very favorable spots by their own hard work. 
Yeah, I, 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 you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I don't know what, what Penn State ended up on third down. It wasn't great overall, but that's why, was, because they were in the hole constantly. Con- it was constant. And, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, that's, again, we go back to what you said at the beginning. It, it stems from line play, and that's, yep. and they had the best of it. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, that's, I thought, the line play would be better this year on both sides of the ball, and yes. it was pretty good out at Indiana because you look at the yardage. Yep. But I thought Saturday it, they, it it's just not up. It's not near Ohio State right now. Which then brings me to the next one because I mean obviously I'm doing my fair share of stat breakdowns before I go <laughs> to the next game. You know, I these are stuff things I have on my chart and so forth, so I've, I've got to keep up with it all the time. Okay, first down. Penn State ran 28 first down plays, 14 runs, 14 passes in the game. On the 14 runs, Penn State had 14 carries for 34 yards. Wow. Okay. But one of them was the 23-yard Devin Ford run, which means the other 13 garnered 11 yards. Yeah. Yeah, that's it all. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about you've got to be able – it's not just generating yardage on first down, Rich, but that goes back to generating a running game to then help offset your quarterback so he can have cleaner pockets on play action. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 Devin Ford. I mean, I, I'm not one of those people. Okay, he had a big run, and you you, you know take away that, but eight he had eight carries for what 38 yards, and yeah, yes. there was a 23 yard run in there. So. But look at Sean's numbers, his running numbers, 17 for four yards. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, as you saw and everybody else saw, there were times that Ohio State's lineman, or defender at least, was in the backfield before Sean even got to start the RPO and put the ball in Devin Ford's belly. And, you know, that's, that's a hard way to win a game. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. Very hard way to win a game. All right, so Minnesota plays Friday night against Maryland. Yeah. Maryland scores 21 points in the first quarter, scores zero in the second quarter. I think they were in the witness protection program in the third because they scored zero there too. And all of a sudden they resurrect themselves and come to life. Talia Tungaviola was outstanding. Funk had a great game running the ball. And they won on a missed extra point in overtime. I mean, needless to say, in practice, they're having a good time this week. They feel great about themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know how. I, I do know this. After the first two games, uh, Minnesota is not the same defense it was last year. Obviously, nope. No. Giving up that many points to Michigan and Maryland. Um, but Maryland, yeah, Maryland's got to feel really good about them about themselves sure oh gosh yeah and that's that's a good win no matter what no matter how it happened and um you know i it, it, it's going to be interesting to see I, I think penn state bounces back here this week um yeah. unless they're still licking their wounds but i i you know that's not been the uh the way things have gone since james franklin's been at penn state they're usually you know they they come out and uh, focus on the, the task at hand. So, uh, yep. you know, we'll see. But, 
yeah, Maryland's got to feel real good about themselves. I didn't get to see much of the game. I had a high school game Friday night, so okay. I just saw the score, unfortunately. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I got It'll be interesting to see how how this week goes in practice and and how Saturday goes. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think you got to get to the lead, make them play. And that put yourself in a spot where you're making them play to catch you and not the other way around. I think that's a yeah. big, to me, that's a big psychological part of it. So, yeah, I mean, the, if, if, I mean, Penn State, I think, is capable of being the second best team in the Big Ten as long as it's not beating itself. Agreed. Like, like it did the first week. Um, so, you know, and really, they they didn't make you know, I think three or four penalties and, you know, just that one turnover. So they played a much cleaner game against Ohio State than they did against Indiana. Um, and that's that has been the M.O. too under James Franklin since uh, since he arrived at Penn State. So, uh, you know, I, I think as long as they keep mistakes to a minimum, I, I, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't win this game comfortably. Agreed. And uh, get ready for early in Lincoln. Uh, noon. I saw that. Be the, yeah. Yep. Noon. Well, I'll be FS1. here. <laughs> I'll be. I know you. I in my basement there. office. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so, Steve, I, I asked James this after the game, and I and I'm trying to think. And you've been around just as long as I have. Have you seen a better quarterback in college? Than Justin Fields against Penn State. I would say probably not. I'm trying to think because you know we've seen a lot. Because remember, Boomer mm-hmm. Siasen had a great Boomer Siasen had a great game against Penn State when you know I know Penn State won the game, but he and uh, Blackledge got into that shootout that day. Yes. back in '82, uh, he'd be one guy I would think of right away. Um, but well, I Sam, can't think of Sam Darnold or Mark S- Sanchez. Sam, Sam, but I yeah. think this. I think Justin Fields is this better is than better. both of them. No, this. No, he's better than both Darnold or Sanchez. I mean, yeah. in fact, he's way ahead of uh, uh, of both. Uh, I I walked out of there Saturday night, Rich. I walked in there Saturday, thinking he'll be one of the top five picks in the NFL draft. Um, I think he's been really, really good. Uh, that's that's how I felt. He's been really, really good, and he'll be really a good pro. I walked out of there thinking, "Wow, he's he's even better than I thought he was, and he's going to be has a chance to be a great pro in the right situation." Yes, I agree. And I I don't. I mean, I've seen Trevor Lawrence in bits and pieces, but I haven't sat and watched an entire Clemson game. Yeah. Um, but uh, I he you know. He's right there with him, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, I, I got to think it. You know, he's Justin Fields is right there with him. Well, and if you're going to get drafted by an NFL team, of course, I'm jumping way ahead on Justin yep. Fields here. But, but look, he's going to go to a team that probably does not have a great offensive line. That's just the okay. nature of the draft. If you're going to be picked that high, uh, you're gonna you're you know that's what helps Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow moves so well that he's made Cincinnati competitive. Fields is the kind of guy that moves so well he can make whomever he goes to competitive. Yeah. 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 
So yeah, I mean, that's how he's, I he's special. He's a very he's a very special player, and um, you well, know I'm sure accurate. there were a lot of Penn State and, fans watching that and saying, "Geez, I wish he would have kept yeah. his commitment to Penn State." But that's the way things go, you know. And he's accurate, Rich. Yes, he's accurate. Yeah, the, yes. Very rarely do his receivers have to bail him out on a play. He puts the ball in great spots. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, those two touchdown passes to Alave were. And Alave deserves credit on both of them, too. I'm not trying I'm to sure. take anything away from him. But, Great my case. goodness, they were, they, 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 were, they were right on it. I mean, they, were, they, weren't, they weren't three inches off. They were right where they were supposed to be. Um, just just that, yeah, I was, I was very impressed with him. And uh, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure if he, uh, if, if he does turn pro as expected, I don't think anybody will be disappointed in the Big Ten. No, I'm rooting for him. <laughs> I'm rooting for him. Rich, thanks so much, as always. Thank you. Appreciate it. See you, Steve. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it, too. Bye. Uh, appreciate you. Rich Scarcella, Reading Eagle, back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Locke rolls to his right. Locke throws a ball. In zone catch. Touchdown, Denver. No. No. What are they saying? K.J. Hamler caught the ball. Now one official. Yes. Touchdown. Touchdown, Denver. Dave Logan with a call on the Broncos radio network. Is K.J. Hamler with the winner yesterday? So... Uh, yeah, uh, tonight it's the Bucks and the Giants. Yeah, when they put that on there, it was going to be heavy promotion, Saquon Barkley, heavy promotion, Tom Brady. Now, of course, Saquon had surgery last week. And uh, so you got Brady and you got Daniel Jones. I wonder where the check mark goes on that one before the game. <laughs> <laughs> It was a period of time last night where it looked like Ben DiNucci was out playing your guy. Sadly, yes. I mean, you're sitting there. I mean, do you have to throw that much stuff at the TV? I just want to know. <laughs> well, they got to start playing better. Then we have to worry about it. Well, I mean, Lisa told me they had to pad the room. <laughs> what the heck? Oh, I'm worried. I'm worried about you. You're in first place. Somehow. I mean, you're rolling. You've won three of your last four games, right? 
For three of five? Three of five, right? Yes. You're in, in that division, that's scorching hot. Sure. They got a week off, then they got the Giants again? That's right. Quite amazing. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570-286-5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. 